Loans.com.au. Until midnight on 6PR, this is Perth Tonight with Chris Ilsley. And welcome to it. There's a Friday that wraps it up. The second night of the program for us. And this next week we get into the first full week of the program. 9221-882 as always our talk number. And China is the most populated country on earth. I think most are pretty well aware of that. And would you believe it builds houses, districts and cities with absolutely no one in them. That's right, it builds them. When I first heard about ghost cities in China, I suppose I thought about uh, the old Wild West ghost towns on a much larger scale, and I even had the imagined rolling tumbleweed and the whole bit, but it's actually the other way around. A variation perhaps on the uh, theme of build it and they will come. Wade Shepherd is the author of Ghost Cities of China and joins us on the program this evening. Wade To me, anyway, this sounds like a really fascinating concept because it really is build it and they will come. Is is it kind of like that? Well, I mean, it's uh, it's more build it and make them come. I mean, the the Chinese government has like a lot of power to move massive amounts of people uh, around the country. So, uh, so when they build these like new cities, um, they're not just leaving them empty, right? They're they're moving in university students. They're moving moving in uh, state owned businesses. Um, they're relocating people into them. So um, when, when you when you talk about these ghost cities, they're they're more or less um, a mass of like or like urban developments that's uh and they're still in the initial stages of development. So what do they do? I'm I'm trying to imagine how would you sit down and design a city that has no people in it because you more or less I suppose would have to have an idea of the population that you ultimately want to see in the city, but you also have to envisage. The facilities, how those facilities would be used, uh, the road network, the public transport network. I kind of imagine when you're doing it without people there already, it must be a bit of a challenge. Exactly. I mean, what they're essentially doing is like clearing out massive, uh, massive blank slates. I mean, of, of just like massive, it's like these massive areas where there's like just clear out everything, and then they have this, uh, this, uh, this, this blank slate to like build a completely new urban creation upon. But yeah, I mean, they're they're very very complex pro- projects because you need everything. I mean, you need like downtown district, you need building uh, the the business districts, you need housing, you need, uh, I mean, basically like like schools and hospitals, and you need everything that that a city needs because these places are in and of themselves, complete, like, complete urban centres. How many of these have they built? And, or, and more to the point, how many are they planning to build? <laughs> Nobody really knows. Last year, um, um, a Chinese government agency set out to find out, to, to try to discover how many new cities are really being built across the country. And then um, between, like, 136 cities and only 13 provinces, like, like China has about 31 uh, provincial areas, so about, and about half the country, they discover that there's 200 new cities that are being built. Now, when you say they discovered, it's like nobody knew they were there. Somewhere along the line, I imagine some bureaucrat somewhere in Beijing, I guess, must have been behind designing these, and there must be some record of what's where and how, surely. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, we, we view the central government of China as being like this big, omnipotent, uh, um, godlike government body, and they are. But um, the local governments, and uh, especially provincial governments, they have a lot of leeway to um, to do their own projects and, and build what cities they want. And only only the truly massive uh, new districts, like in Changzhou, they're building like this new area, like the size of Houston, right? And that's a that's a relatively small city. Um, only, only the biggest projects really need uh, central government approval. So a lot of this is going on, and the central government doesn't really have 
um, um, the go-ahead or authority to check up on it or to keep this, this movement in check. What you're really saying to me in a nice way, Wade, is the central government doesn't have a clue what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I mean, they have a clue, but um, but what they can do and, and what they can't do. I mean, I mean, I mean, the um, provincial and local governments still maintain a lot of power to, uh, to to develop their areas as they as they see fit. Is there a lot of cronyism that goes on? Because I kind of imagine that some people in China, and let's be honest, despite the fact it's a communist country, the Chinaman loves making money. There must be a lot of people making a lot of money out of this, and you kind of imagine there must also be an awful lot of cronyism and corruption going on at the same time. <laughs> yeah, that is that is that is very true. I mean, and nobody on the outside of it really knows everything that's that's really going on in the inside. But these new cities, um, essentially, I mean, there's there's like a master government plan of like urbanizing the country, and then there's more. Um, I mean, I mean, the, the, it's an, urbanization is an economic movement. Right. I mean, they're building these places to ultimately um, make money, um, first of all, through land sales, which they can get like they can make like massive, massive local governments can make massive profits on selling these, this land to developers. And then um, later on through like uh, taxation or whatever. But, yeah, these new cities are major money, money makers. So how many of these cities have they actually succeeded in populating and how many of these cities are just sitting there with somebody saying, you know something, don't panic. Mm -hmm. They will come eventually. <laughs> well, I mean, most of these new cities, are, I mean, there's, there's different kinds of, of new cities uh, um, that we're talking about here. We're talking about, like, big ones that are, like, like real, like, urban centers, like, like we would think of, like, like a city being. And then there's, like, massive new developments that are just kind of like suburbs of an existing city. And then you have, like, uh, like new towns. I mean, I mean, the real movement now is, is, is called Changzhonghua, uh, which basically just means city townification. It means going out and, like, rezoning, like, like rural towns and villages as cities. So, um, so yeah, yeah. So you have like a small town, and then all of a sudden, uh, it's rezoned as a city, and then it can develop as a city. But um, to answer that question, that, that's a that's a really big question. But like most of most of the new cities that I've been to have been at um, more of more of a mid level um, point in development. I mean, most of them aren't even built yet. Um, like Zhongdong new, new District in Zhengzhou and Hunan Province, that's probably one of the most developed and one of the most successful uh, new massive uh, new city districts that, uh, that I've been to, and they already have millions of people there. I mean, the place is about three times the size of San Francisco, and that's just the new district. Um, and they already have, like, uh, like, millions of people there, and, and they're, I mean, the ball is rolling pretty good. But... Um, and then there's like there's like other places like Nanhui Newtown, which is about 70 kilometers outside of uh, Shanghai, and there's pretty much nobody nobody living there except for the people that the government moved in, which is like university students, right? They're they're in the process of moving in more than 100,000 university students into this area, so um so it varies. I mean, this is a, this is a big massive movement, and there's a, there's a lot of variation. But almost all the ones I've been to have been at a midpoint of development. I haven't been to a to a new city or a ghost city that was absolutely unpopular, that, that didn't have anybody in it. I mean, um, like, like I say this in my book, um, the ghost cities is like a phase of development that um, these new cities will go through. And they will all go through the ghost city phase because, um, I mean, you can't expect people to move into a city where there's nothing. And you can't expect anybody to build things like hospitals and schools and whatever in a place that there's uh, no people. So it's like this real chicken or an egg scenario, and that's pretty much the ghost city phase, and it takes at least uh, 10 years for these places to, 
10 years after the initial downtown area is built for these places to really get anywhere. Is it possible? Long-term movement we're talking about. Is is it possible if you're a tourist or something like that and you just happen to be travelling around China, I'm getting the impression it's possible you could actually stumble across one of these ghost cities and you'd be looking around going, what's happened here? This is like one of those sci-fi horrors where all the people have left town. That's true. That's true. And that's wild. I mean, the first ghost city I went in was in like 2006. And I just uh, I just ended up there. It's like this new district outside of Tiantai in, Zhe- in Zhejiang province, which is a small little town as it is. And I ride in there, you know, my first time there, I like get out of the bus station, I walk into what I thought was a city, I look around, and there's like, pretty much nothing there. It's like this whole business district where there's almost nothing. I'm like, whoa what is this place, right? And at that time, it was before uh, these ghost cities have, like, people have started reporting on them in the international media. So I was like, wow, what, what's going on here? What is this place? So I started talking to people about it. And then, uh, then a few months later, I was up in Aran Holt in the far north of uh, China on the, on the border of Mongolia, and I hitchhike into this city. I actually, like, hitchhike into, like, the new district, right? And it's like, almost like nobody there. It's like, imagine it's like a city out in, out in the middle of the desert that didn't have, you know, <laughs> many people in it. You know, it was, uh, it was startling because I had no idea what these places were then. And, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you can, if you're, if you're traveling around town, you can just end up in these places. But um, most people really won't, that really won't happen because they're, they're pretty far out of, uh, of like the, the normal urban sphere where most, most tourists are going to go to. Gotcha. Uh, by the way, this is Wade Shepard. He's the author of Ghost Cities of China. Now, I note in your book, you've talked about the cities and, and various different cities, and they mimic things like Dutch, German, and, and other styles of architecture. Um, I, I sort of find myself asking, why do the Chinese copy these and other designs? Because one of the things the Chinese love to do, and I think, in fact, in trade, it's one of the areas of copyright law that's going to become an issue at some point. Mm-hmm. They do like to copy um, things, and some people say they do it quite well. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, as far as like the replica towns, um, it's not really like trying to show an ode to the West or anything like that. It's like these places show status. I mean, this is the architecture of rich and powerful countries and, um, the countries that dominated the world through the 20th century. And we can do that too, you know, and, and basically they're made just to, just to sell on the real estate market because they attract rich people that want to have a connection with that legacy of wealth. Um, so, I mean, so basically it's just, uh, I mean, they're, they're pretty much just uh, real estate gimmicks to just attract people to invest in this development or, or that development rather than uh, everybody just buying, you know, apartments and, you know, generic, uh, you know, block-like buildings. So, the, mom- the moment you made some comment about rich people, I've come up with your next book, The Billionaires of China, because I'd love to know oh, how many man. billionaires there'd be in China because I reckon there'd be a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 something that's actually really incredible because like most of these like billionaires or or even like you know the multi multi millionaires have become are self made, right? I mean they they come from like these poor rural farming families and then they make this money for themselves and they rise up through the ranks and they gain this power, um, pretty much through their own volition and, and through their own connections. So yeah, like every billionaire in China has. Or most every billionaire has a has a rags to riches story. Yeah, self made billionaires in a communist country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's the reality of it. <laughs> what what was it that made you write this book? Was it just a fascination with the ghost cities, or was there some other ulterior motive in you writing these books? 
Well, no, I grew up in uh, in the Great Lakes region of the USA, uh, outside of Rochester, New York, which uh, which uh, when I was like really young was like this this big like factory epicenter of the world, right? And as I got a little older, by the time I was a teenager, I mean a lot of these places were abandoned, right? Like 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 you know, out in Buffalo, New York. So like as a teenager, you know, we would get in our cars and we'd drive out to like the old abandoned factory towns and the old towns like outside of Buffalo, and it was just a it was just something that kind of hooked me, right? The ideal of cities without people. And then I come to China and I end up in that in that uh, that new development outside Tiantai in 2006. And it's just, uh, these are like amazing places uh, to go. I mean, they're fascinating places. But, I mean, you travel the world. I mean, I've been traveling since like 1999, right? And like you, like you try to get to like the new new places or like places that no one's ever, you know, been before. You can do that in China because they're making new places, right? You can like go to like these cities that, that few other, you know, Western tourists or travelers have ever been to because uh, they're new. <laughs> great stuff. Hey, Wade, it's been great. Thanks very much for talking to us. Yeah, good, good talking to you, good talking to you. <laughs> Wade Shepherd, he's the author of a book, Ghost Cities of China. What an amazing concept that is, uh, because it really is a variation of the old theme about build it and they will come, which, of course, in the case of China and its centralised and regional and provincial governments is build it and we'll tell you to go and live there.